0: Hey friends. I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in this house this morning. Come on. I said, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. We can do better than that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we are excited to be uh, with you today. And, uh, man, how many guys are happy to be in this Level Up series? How many guys are expecting God to do more this year than ever before, right? (laughs) And so, man, we're super excited. We're also coming off of, not coming off of, we're in the first leg of 21 Days of Prayer. Day 8 is today. And, uh, man, I don't know about all of you, but I know for a lot of us, we're seeing God do amazing things through this 21 days of prayer. And I know a lot of you are like, oh, man, I missed it, or I forgot, or I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor, I don't want to. Uh, so. I know some of you may be in that section. I just want to encourage you, man, jump in. Maybe you missed the first seven days. Jump in right now and join us for the rest. We've got some people saying they're going to they're gonna go seven days after we end because they want to do a full 21. They just missed the first seven. It doesn't matter. Here's what matters, your heart. So I want to encourage you guys, man, jump in uh, and join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And with the fasting, I want to let you know, uh, I want to encourage you that if you're fasting, man, uh, not to take a law, uh, legalistic Uh, I have to teeth gritting a fist clenching way of approaching your fast, man. I wanted to encourage you to approach it with love and with grace and let God see your heart. I've already had to make adjustments on my fast on day five. I woke up sick as a dog, um, after four days of liquids only. Um, and I had to call my doctor and he was like, what kind of preparations did you make for this fast? And I was like, I talked about it. Uh, you know, like. That was my preparation. And he was like, "Nah, bro, that ain't going to work. That's how he talks to me. I've known him for a long time. Anyway, so uh, he said, that's not going to work. So we came up with an adjustment and a game plan. um, Because what, what matters is, even though I didn't get to finish it the way I wanted to, I'm finishing it. And I want to encourage some of you, maybe you had to alter it already, finish it, all right? Be faithful, because what matters when it comes to fasting is that you're sacrificing and giving God more of what you want so that he, in turn, sees that faithfulness and that obedience. And here's the thing, we don't fast and pray to get something from God. We fast and pray to give something to God. But nowhere in the Bible does someone sow that they don't get to reap the benefits of doing it. And so as you fast and as you pray, the, the return on that is that God does and will do something amazing in your life. So I want to invite you on this journey. Join us. And even the prayer cards that are in the seatbacks in front of you, the black ones that say prayer. Um, I want to encourage you, if there's a prayer request that's going on in your life, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's something you need. Fill it out. And at the end of service, you can drop it in the offering bucket. And every morning, Monday through Friday, we're meeting at 6 a.m. at our offices. And every Saturday, we're meeting at 9 a.m. here. And, we're, man, we've had 30, 40 people showing up to these praying over the prayer card. So if you've got something you want to see God do over these next 21 days and the next 14, man, fill it out on the prayer card. Drop it in, in, the, uh, in the offering bucket, and we'll be happy to pray for it. And I want to invite you to join us in that prayer. And let's see God do amazing things over the next 14 days. And one of those things that we've even seen happen is um, Ashley and myself, uh, for those of you that are new, maybe you don't know, um, our son Jabin passed away last year. And uh, in that, one of the most difficult seasons in our life, one of the things we found out after he's gone home to be with the Lord is how difficult it was to be in the same house. You know, he spent all of his time in the living room while we were taking care of his health. And that's a very difficult, there's a lot of memories in that house. And so we just, uh, I came home one day and I told her, I said, we're not doing this anymore. Like we're, we're going to step into God. He's with Jesus right now. So we got something we need to move forward in. And so we had to get out of the house. We put it up for sale. As we put it up for sale, um, you know, we moved into a new house because I can tend to be a ready, fire, aim type of person. And you like anybody like that? Like I want to make decisions right now. I'm not trying to wait for a process. And so we went, like we found a house, bought it, renovated it, moved in, and then we're like, "Oh yeah, we need to do something with this house." So, um, so we put it up on the market, and as we put it up on the market, the offers started coming in a lot lower than what than the debt ceiling for us and what we owed money on. And so, offer came in. We got ready to close on the house, and as we started to close on the house, um, God just gave me a peace, like He's got me. And this is before the 21 days of prayer and fasting. That deal fell through, and so we kind of got like. Frustrated a little bit, but there's just a peace in my heart. And so for the first few days of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, I just w- that was part of my thing that I was going to God, saying, God, you know what we need, and we're giving this to you. And I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not losing sleep over it. My wife might, because she's the money person, but I'm not, right? <laughs> um, I said, I'm just giving this to you. I'm not losing sleep over this. And and um, on day three of 21 days of prayer and fasting, an offer came in for more money than the last offer, with us giving out less money out of our pocket than the last offer. And I'm here to tell you today that. When When you put your faith in God, you give to God, and you're obedient to God, and you sacrifice. He gives back to you in so many ways that you can't. The Bible says that we can't even contain it. Even in Malachi chapter 3, it talks about when we give. That's talking about tithes. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. How many guys are ready for that type of blessing where God just does amazing things in your life? So I just want to say that to encourage you. Many of you have things that you're praying about right now, and there's no better time. And there's no better way than to be a part of the community that's praying. And I don't care if this is your first Sunday. If it is, like jump in. We welcome you. We embrace you. Come and, and you can go to mytc.life on your smartphone. If you're watching us online or you're in the room, mytc.life on your smartphone. Click on events and 21 days of prayer and you can get all the information you need. But it, come with us on this journey because we're seeing God already do amazing things in people's lives. And he wants to do it in yours too. So let's see that happen. All right, guys. We're going to jump into today and we're talking about impact today. Turn to neighbor and say, impact. So we're talking about impact today and kind of there's a story that I read about a a Marine and he was a lieutenant uh, and as he was going on a mission with his team they came under attack and as they came under attack on their mission they found themselves in this place where they either were going to retreat, they were going to hold and fight or they were going to try to push through. And he made the decision as a lieutenant that, uh, that they weren't going to retreat because in the way he puts it in words, is like Marines don't retreat. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a Marine, but that's inspired." I am inspired. So, uh, so he's like, we weren't retreating. So they made the call that we were gonna fight and push through. And so as they started to take on fire from the enemy, they, uh, he took out as many as he could, but then he found himself in a position where he had ran out of ammunition And there were still three or four guys left. So uh, what he did is he jumped over and took uh, one of the guns off of one of the enemies that he had already taken out. And after he took it off, he eliminated the enemy. uh, And then they pushed through. And he made a statement that I was like, man, that's profound. He said, we knew that our mission was so important. And what was on the other side of our enemy was important enough that we had to fight through our enemy. And I believe there's a lot of times in our life where we have to recognize that the mission that God is calling us to on the other side of our opposition is big enough and important enough and monumental enough that we have to push through the opposition and get to where God wants us to go. And so as I was reading that, I was like, man, there's a message in that right there that for many of us. God has a purpose, and he's breathed life into you to accomplish something great. And the first moment of opposition, you're just like, ah, well, I just I don't see how we're getting through this, so we're going to have to shut it down. And it's like, man, what does God want to do in my life that's going to require perseverance? It's going to require faith. It's going to require us to fight. But there's a fight that's worth fighting for to get to where God wants us to be. And that's what we want to talk about today is that there is an impact that God wants us to create. Let's go to Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, where it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, talking about God, him is God. Now to God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him, God, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. How many guys know that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly more in our lives? And now he doesn't just want to do it to us, but then he wants to do it through us. That God wants to accomplish something in your life and he wants to do great things. So here's a few things I want you to know about your impact, right? First of all, your impact is intentional. Your impact is intentional. That the, what God wants to do in your life is not some accident. It's actually pre-planned but he has a game plan for you. The Bible says that before you were formed in the womb of your mother, he knew you, which means that you're not an accident. Now, Pastor Justin is over here and Pastor Justin is our executive pastor and he's a stud leader. Y'all give it up for him, he's my man. So he's one of those nerds that likes to look at spreadsheets and like create formulas and do all that stuff, you know, like that ain't me, ready, fire, aim, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like just, so, he, but he, he likes to do, that. he's a systems guy. And so when God brought him, uh, I've known him. We've known each other since I was 11 years old, and he was 12, so 20 years. Um, And so, man, when God brought us together to to accomplish great things in the leadership, I just knew it. But here's one of the things that I want you to understand. God didn't look at Justin in 2018 and go, now what is this guy going to do? Like, I got this guy. You know, he gave his life to me a decade ago, whatever. I really got to figure out what he's going to do. No, 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 no. See, what happened is before he even formed the earth, he looked ahead to 2019, and he said, you know what, in 2019, I'm going to take Transformation Church, a church that I'm going to create out of a bunch of amazing people, and I'm going to take them to a new level. But to do that, they're going to need to have some systems and infrastructures in place. They're going to need somebody that can nerd out over a spreadsheet. Come on. They're going to need all these things. They're going to need to have all of the infrastructure, and they're going to make sure we got to have tiers of leadership going to need to make sure that communication is happening on a broad spectrum. And to do that, I need to create somebody now. I need to know somebody now that in 2019 is going to accomplish everything I'm setting out for. And so 33, 34, somewhere around, something like that. Yeah. So about 34, four-ish years ago, God said, I'm going to create Justin Oswald today so that in 2019, he can fulfill the greater purpose to accomplish great things, not just in his life, but the people he ministers to. So it's not just that I'm going to do it to him. I want to do it through him. And so God created him with a purpose then so that he could accomplish the purpose today. And so we say, what does that mean for me, pastor? You're not an accident. Like, God isn't looking at you going, what am I going to do with this one? He created you with purpose to accomplish something in this day that people would marvel at how you carry the good news of who Jesus is to lost and broken people. So your impact is intentional because God already planned it. Next, your impact is missional. Your impact is missional. Your impact isn't about you. It's about what you get to do. So God doesn't want to just do something great to you. He wants to do something great through you. And then number three, your impact is eternal. Your impact is eternal. Do you get to meet people's needs in a temporal way today? Yes. Do you get to do something great by maybe helping someone out today? Yes. Do you get to help sustain someone today? Yes. Does God want to do something in their lives so that he makes today greater for them? Yes. But the ultimate goal is that we would get people from where they are to the eternal place where Jesus resides and their eternity is secure. Your mission has more to do with forever than it has to do with today. And so God wants to use you to create impact. Exodus three seven through eight. So I want to set this portion of the text up for you. So Moses has left Egypt. He's run away for uh, because he helped. Uh, he killed an Egyptian, and the long story is that after he killed the Egyptian, he ran away because he didn't want to die. Right, and so what's happening is now God is hearing the prayers of the Israelites in this section of time. So the Israelites have been in slavery to the Egyptians for years, decades, centuries, like a long time. They've been in slavery. And so they've been crying out to God saying, God, redeem us. God, get us out of here. God, redeem us for a long time. So now the prayers, the prayers have always been heard, but now God wants to do something. And that's what we're picking picking up in Exodus 3. But Moses has run away from the Egyptians, fearing for his life. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And what he's saying is that I've seen them in their captivity too long and now I want to take them to a new life where they can walk in blessing that I have set aside for them and so we see that Moses is getting communicated to by God and he has this burning bush moment where the bush is on fire but it's not being consumed and God starts to talk to him through that bush and I don't know about you guys but I would freak out all right so like and so the God starts talking through this burning bush and starts communicating all these things to Moses but here's what I want you to understand That your mission, much like Moses, your mission starts with acceptance. It starts with acceptance in your notes. So there's a process of accepting the mission. So what does that look like? Well, two things. One is there's God's acceptance that empowers you. God's acceptance empowers you. Listen to me for a second. I want you to understand this, and I know that's not in your notes, you can write it in there. But God's acceptance empowers you. Think about this for just a moment. The creator of the universe, the one who spoke with words and sun, the moon, the stars were created. The atmosphere was established. The earth that you and I get to walk on today was put into existence with the words of God. The very being that the angels worship and for eternity we will gather around, looked at you and thought you were worth having a mission to accomplish something for him i don't know about you but that means something to me you mean to tell me that god god universe creating god knows my name yeah absolutely and that should empower you to want to do something ephesians two ten says that we are god's masterpiece some of y'all like i don't know about masterpiece but no, he, we are God's masterpiece, that he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us, hey, long ago. The good things he planned for us. Long ago, before you were formed, before anyone knew you, he had a purpose for you. Before you messed up and you ended up in all those chaotic places in life, and you're using those as a reason for disqualification on why you can't do things for God, I'm here to tell you that regardless of those things, he planned good things for you before you ever screwed up. But guess what? He also knew you were going to mess it up anyways, and he still has intention of completing the plan for you regardless of the chaos you've been through. That's empowering, y'all. Oh, God knew all that I was going to get myself into, but he still has a plan to use me. But then there's your acceptance that engages you. See, you can know all day long that God wants to do something with you, but you have to engage the mission. God can give you steps all day long, but you got to take them. So what do we do? We have to engage what God wants to do in our life. So your acceptance, it engages you. How many guys have ever, how many guys has your boss ever sent you somewhere to get something for the company? Like, here's the, you're like, hey, I want you to go to the store, I want you to get these things. Then he hand you the company credit card, right? What's the first thought that goes through your mind? How bad do I need this job, right? Like, how far could I get into Canada if I use this before they shut it off? Y'all know, anyway, no, like, so you, you, like, you start going like, yeah, 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 I, I got the... But what happened? You, you go to leave work, right? What's everybody else asking you? Where are you going? Where, where, what are you doing? Where are you going? What, you, what do you say? I got a mission. I got, I got some. The boss wants me to go somewhere. So I'll be back far later than I should be, but I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of going through the drive-thru, you go into the restaurant. Like I might just take an extra 30 minutes here. On the clock. But what happens? There's something different about the boss sending you. you, See, you can't just walk out on work. Well, you can, but I wouldn't suggest it. You can't just walk out on work anytime. But when the boss sends you somewhere, now you've got a mission you're on. And I'm here to tell you today that for some of you, God is trying to send you on a mission. He's trying to put you somewhere where he can finally do something through you, and you've been saying no. You've been giving him all the reasons why you can't. You've been talking about all this other stuff, and now God is trying to tell you, listen, I've got some way for you to go. And I'm telling you right now, your family is going to be like, what are you doing going to church every Sunday? I'm on a mission, and God's trying to do something in my life. Why are you praying every morning? Why is your Bible on your nightstand? Because I got a mission, and God's trying to do something in my life. Why are you acting like how come you just not gossiping with the rest of us? Because I got a mission and God's trying to do something with my life. I got somewhere I'm going and I got something God wants me to do and it's time that I engage what God has called me to do. I'm done with what I used to be and I'm stepping up into what God wants me to be. I've got a mission and I'm saying yes to the impact that God wants to do in my life. Because God can want it for you but you got to say yes. And let me tell you something. There's nothing in your past that disqualifies you from God's future. When he says yes, you say yes. Exodus 3, 10 through 11, we jump back into what Moses is going, what's going on with him in this story. So God says, so now go. Say go. Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say go. Yes. Look back at him and say, mind your business. I'm just kidding. Don't... So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God the same thing all of us say to God when God tells us he wants us to do something, right? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? many of us ever said that before? God, who am I that I would tell my family members about Jesus? Who am I that I would talk to my co-workers? I'm so jacked up, they'll laugh. I don't even, like, I I can't tell them about their marriage and how God wants to do something great in their marriage. I'm trying to get God to do something great in my marriage, right? I can't tell them not to quit their job. I've been homeless. I've lived in apartments. Our family's been broke. I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to be in the midst of the solution to be able to declare what the solution is. Like, God wants to speak through you to people, even while You're figuring it out. Some of us want to have it all together and say, because I have it all together, God can use me. I'm here to tell you today, God never used anybody that had it all together. Look at the disciples. Look at all the people. And even Job, who had it all together, then God took it all from them so they could show everyone around him that he didn't have it all together. God does amazing things about calling people that are disqualified. But the good part is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So when God calls you, then he'll qualify you, but he doesn't look for you to be qualified for him to call you. God wants to do great things in your life, but there is a go that is necessary. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out. How could I do that? He says, which brings me to my next step. In your impact, you've got to overcome your anxiety. You've got to overcome your anxiety. Exodus 4 11 through 12 says this, the Lord said to him, and this is after, so Moses looks at God, he's like, why should I go? How could I go? The same thing many of us have said to God before. How could I go? Why should I go? I'm not qualified. Oh. Matter of fact, even Moses starts to, he, he starts to make excuses like we've done before, right? He starts to make excuses. God, I'm not good with speech. He's like, you doing good right now arguing with me? Go. Right? He says, so God looks at him after Moses has all these reasons why he can't do what God's telling him to do. The Lord said to him, "Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? In case y'all didn't know, God is selling out right now." So he's like, "Uh, I'm sorry, who knows how to put a marriage back together? Who even thought marriage was a good idea? I did. Some of y'all are like, man, God, you can't tell me to encourage someone else with their finances. I'm broke. It's like, who gave you finances? Who gave you the ability to earn an income? I did. Don't tell me what you can't tell somebody else because you don't have what you want them to have. How about you go talk to them about having it and see if I don't just give it to you anyway. It's like, we got to step into this idea that God is saying, how come you're looking for something to make sense when I'm the key to making situations out of making good situations? out of senseless situations. I can make sense where it doesn't make sense. I can step in and create miracles where there was no other way. And so he says, who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, turn to your neighbor and say, go. If you don't get anything else out of today, go, all right? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. You say, God, how do I talk to my coworker about Jesus? He said, Go. I'll give you what to say. Go. He said, Pastor, my marriage is falling apart. How could I talk to someone else about encouraging them to keep theirs together? Go. I'll tell you what to say. Go. God, I need financial breakthrough. How can I encourage them to give financial? Go. I'll tell you what to say. Go. God, I dropped out of college four times. How do I talk to my family member or my friend or the kid down the street about staying faithful to what you called him to? Go. I'll give you what to say. Go. Can I tell you something today? Go. He'll give you what you need to accomplish the task that he's calling you to. But you have got to go and watch God come through for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to let you fail. That's not what it says. Plans to let you fall flat on your face. Plans to let you trip up all of your words and make a fool out of yourself. That ain't what it says. It says plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future which means God is not in the business of letting his people down. And even when you don't get the prayer you're asking for, he enables you and equips you and holds you and encourages you to make it through the next few seasons so that you can realize that what he had for you was better than what you wanted for you anyways. God is out to help you so that you can be a blessing and a word and a mouthpiece for the gospel to everyone around you. God wants to do amazing things through you, but you gotta go and watch what he'll do through you. Next is that you be engaged by activation, engaged by activation. You see, just like the lieutenant in the story that we talked about, he was fighting the enemy. And as he was fighting the enemy, he was, came to a point where he even ran out of the resources that he had. So he just took resources from the enemy and kept going. But for some of us, I'm here to tell you today that you have got to make the decision that there's nothing that's gonna stop you. Even when you run out of one thing, you're gonna be looking for God to give you a new thing so that you can finish what he's called you, what he's brought you to, everything he's speaking to you to accomplish the very task so that his kingdom will continue to move forward and that you get to be a part of it. And just like with the lieutenant, he found himself in a position, now what do I do, all right? I'm gonna grab something. I'm here to tell you today that the very person that was speaking against you can be the person that speaks on your behalf. The very person that was opposite, position to you, when Jesus changes their heart, now you get to team up with them. It doesn't matter what gets thrown at you. What matters is that you realize that whatever's on the other side of your enemy is worth fighting for. Maybe you got a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, a cousin, a niece, a nephew, an aunt, an uncle, a co-worker, a neighbor, someone down the street, someone you love, maybe a best friend, and they don't know Jesus yet. If they die today, they're going to hell and they're going to burn there for eternity unless some of us grab a hold of the fact that the impact inside of us what he wants to do through us is greater than what he wants to do to us. That we're not here to just get blessed, but we're here to be a blessing. And every person that's going to hell without Jesus is on my radar because I'm trying to take them one at a time to see their eternity changed from hell to heaven. Spending it with, the, with Satan, the devil. I want to see him with God in eternity. And I'm going to be a mouthpiece. I'm going to declare the truth. I'm going to go on the mission because every person matters. So I've done decided, just like that lieutenant, I don't care what stands in front of me. You're not gonna stop me. Oh, I'll keep fighting. Because some fights are worth fighting for. My lost friends are worth fighting for. What if you look stupid talking to them about Jesus? When they come to know Jesus, then I won't look stupid. What what do you do? How do you you navigate that at work? Listen, I'll be cryptic as all get out. Y'all have no idea. How come you got so much joy? I'll give you three. Uh, I got three reasons and I'll give you two. People will be like, what? Yeah. My wife and my family. And if you want the third one, you can find me after work. People tracking you down in the parking lot. Hey, what's that third reason? Jesus. Because I'm not on work hours anymore. Listen, let me tell you about it. like <laughs> posting stuff on Facebook. The greatest thing in my life that I've ever experienced just happened. Private message me if you want to know. I'm just kidding. Like, don't get crazy. <laughs> Clickbait. But uh, what I'm saying is, if you'll say yes to the activation, like, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. God, I'm not good at talking in front of people. I'm working with our pipeline students right now. We got... 10 students in the pipeline. And our pipeline is how we develop leaders and build them up for both ministry, business, life, and everything else. They come in and we start preparing them for what God wants to do in their life. We build them up for a year. We send them into the second year and then we get, get them equipped and going out into everything that God has for them. A matter of fact, Ashley that was up here earlier in the transition, my girl in the front row, she's in the pipeline with us right now. She did a great job. So put your hands together for her. But in the pipeline, I'm in a constant state of telling them that it doesn't make sense. What God wants to do in you won't make sense for you. Yes. Saying yes to the call of God means that when you say, oh, man, I'm not good at talking to people, perfect. Because he didn't call you to be good at talking to people, he called you to do something, and he'll make you good at whatever you need to be good at. He'll give you the ability. All you got to do is say yes. Activation is required. Turn to your neighbor and say, Say yes. yes. So I'm here to tell you today. You may be unfamiliar. You may be scared. You may be all of those things. Great. Listen to me, y'all. If you're terrified of what God is calling you to, perfect. Because that means when God does it, because he don't let his people down, he gets to take credit for it and not you. So jump in and watch what God will do through your life. Then we go to our last point. We rest on assurance. The impact for our life rests on assurance. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There is an assurance that comes through the love of Jesus for our lives that. I'm not trying to do things for God out of fear of God. I'm not trying to do things for God out of feeling like he's going to crush me if I don't. As a matter of fact, I'm doing all of the, I'm saying yes to God because I have this assurance that I get to rest, that he loves me and that he is for me and that he is doing great things through me. And as he is doing great things through me, I'm getting to be a part of the very kingdom that I'm proclaiming that God has a mission for you and he wants to accomplish great things for you. There's an assurance that rests when we know we belong to God, but more than just belonging, he's got a mission for us too. John 14:15 says this, and I think, for many of us, we've read this before, and we lose track of what we're, they're communicating here. It says, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. How many of you have ever felt like you can't love him because you can't keep his commandments? How many of us ever found ourselves in a place where, man, I, just, I, I feel disqualified because I can't keep the commandments? I feel like I just keep messing it up. How many of y'all messed it up this week? All y'all, raise your hand. Everybody, just right We all just messed it up. But here's what, here's what I want you guys to see. I want you guys to see this. He says, you'll keep my commandments. But I believe a lot of us are, have been living on the wrong side of the comma. See, we read it this way. You'll, if you would love me, like if you loved me, you would keep my commandments. But that's not how it's written. It's written to say, if you would just love me, then you'll keep my commandments. It's not a disqualification process. It's a qualification process. God says, how about you spend all your time just loving me and you'll keep my commandments? How about you spend all your time just looking at how I want to move in your life? How about you spend all your time just loving the fact that I gave you grace and mercy and you'll keep your commandments? Fall in love with me more and you'll keep the commandments. But for many of us, we can't even pray some days because of what we did the day before. Come on. I say, you, you sitting there going, I know what I said to that person at work yesterday, and I can't even pray today because I just, I know God is laughing at me right now. I just can't, right? I know, I know what I said driving home in traffic yesterday, and right? Some of y'all, I seen them hand gestures out the window. Y'all better stop. And no, I'm just kidding. Like, but what happens? We allow how good we're not to create a wall between us and God. And God's saying, no, 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 if you would just love me, I'll give you a better prayer life. If you'll just love me, I'll make you a better worshiper. If you'll just love me, I can heal your marriage. If you'll just love me, I can bless you financially and give you all that you need to accomplish the thing that I'm calling you to. If you'll just love me, I'll make you a better spouse. If you just love me, I'll make you a better parent. If you'll just love me, I'll make you a better coworker, a better neighbor, a better family member, a better friend. If you'll just love me, if you'll fall in love with Jesus, you'll instantly get better at all the things you're trying to accomplish, and you're trying to accomplish them so that Jesus will love you. I'm here to tell you that if you'll recognize he already does it'll make you better at all the things you're trying to accomplish but we got to live on the right side of the comma. hebrews 13 20 through 21 says this now may the god of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our lord jesus that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with everything good for doing his will everyone say equip you He wants to equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That God's desire is to do something through you. You have a mission. You have an impact to create. And you just got to say yes. You just got to get plugged in. Some people did that this past small group semester last year, and I was super pumped. I'm so proud of our small group leaders um, because they're phenomenal, and I love all y'all. Okay, so, But our small group leaders are phenomenal. Why? Because at TC, I don't believe we're a church with small groups. We aim to be a church of small groups, which means if you go to Transformation Church, but you're not in a small group, you're missing out on the bulk of who we are because relationships matter here at TC. And some people said yes to small groups last semester. And so we have a video. We wanna show you some of the people that said yes to their impact last year through small groups. Go ahead and roll it, guys. I love being a small group leader because I get to meet and fellowship with different women of different ages. um, And it strengthens my faith watching the Lord work in their life. One thing that I love about my small group is the people and getting to know each other and getting to know them. It's just amazing. Being a small group leader, it affected my life because I just felt so fulfilled, sitting there working out issues of life. Being a small group leader has made me feel fulfilled and really just rooted me in the purpose that God has for me. Uh, one change that I saw in myself was that I was a better husband for my wife. I think the biggest change that I saw in myself is i have a little bit more confidence to not be afraid to take that step to be a small group leader there'll be nothing in life you'll find more fulfilling than leading a small group uh, like i said it will improve your growth i think i get more from my group than they actually get from me i would encourage someone for a small group because you the benefit outweighs the the downfall by leaps and bounds i would go into it open-minded don't be afraid It's really a wonderful thing. Just do it. Don't let the fear set in. Oh, you know, somebody might not like my group. People might not come. You know, you just have to to let go of all that, and God will take over everything else. If you're nervous to lead a small group, I absolutely understand that. Uh, It was not something that I ever thought that I would do, but I would encourage you to step out in faith and trust the Lord because He wants to use you to impact somebody else's life. You can't explain it. You have to be part of it. Let's give it up for our small group leaders, man. We appreciate you guys so much. So I'm going to give you these action steps as we wrap this up today. So the pathway to impact. Here's some steps that you guys can take right away. And, and quite frankly, these are steps. Pastor Dan's been giving us these for a long time. Um, and we just want to redistribute those kind of at the beginning of every year. But how many guys are ready to say, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. I don't know what even I don't even know what the call is quite yet. I, I'm, I'm gonna need you to bring clarity, but I'm ready to say yes, and I'm ready to see God do something great through my life. Where are my people out there ready to say yes, right? And so here's what we want to do: pathway to, to impact. Let's give them this list. Number one, start by saying yes. Start saying yes. Some of y'all are way too much in the no category. I want you to do this. No, 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 no. I want you to, I want you to give this to that person. No, 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 no. I want you to, I want you to talk to your coworker about, you No, know, I don't know. I don't know. If there's three words I could take out of the English dictionary, it'd be, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know. God's like, I do. Just say yes. Here's the interesting thing. Try this. Any of y'all ever seen the movie Yes Man? Y'all seen the movie Yes Man? I don't think we should go that far, uh, but... I think there are so many opportunities in life we miss out on because of the uncomfortability that we experience in our own soul. Man, what, could, what would happen if I said yes to that? Let's find out. Is it a God thing? Yes. Is it a good thing? Yes. Then let's do it. I don't know if I'm equipped for that. He'll make you equipped. Just say yes. So start saying yes. Next, start with telling your story. I think one of the key areas we can say yes to. Here, here's four areas you can say yes to. They're not in your notes, but I just want to give them to you. For some of you, You've been going to TC a while, you haven't joined a small group, join a small group this semester, just say yes. What if I get to know people? Perfect. What if they get to know me? Even better. What if they know my issues? How much better, or what is, is there a better process for letting people help you get over them than to, to deal with them? I don't know about you, the people in my small group are the ones I want helping me through my stuff because they believe in me, sometimes better than family members. Some of your friends you know for 20 years and your family member you know your whole life don't believe in you, but you got some people that only know you 10 hours and they're ready to support you to go to the moon and back. Just say yes. For some of you, it's gonna be starting a small group. You are like, man, I feel like God been telling me to do this thing for forever. He's like, yeah, 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 start a small group. For some of you, maybe it's gonna be going to growth track. I know some of y'all are like, man, TC, all y'all talk about is growth track. Yeah, because I know God made you with a purpose. And we want to help you figure out what it is and get you moving in it. We want to help you say yes. After this service, through those double doors in the back of the sanctuary, it's a four-week class called Growth Track. We want to take you on a journey of seeing what God has for you. So say yes. Next, and then the last one of the four is getting plugged in to committing to talking to people about Jesus. Sorry, I got ahead of you guys. Thank you for being on your P's and K's. So next, start telling your story. Start telling your story. For the people around you every day, they don't need a breakdown of the book of Romans in the Bible. They want to know what God did in your life. Your testimony is the greatest story that has yet to be told. And God is saying he wants you to tell it. What has he done in your life? People that don't know Jesus don't want to know what the Bible says. They want to know why they should believe in it. And your story can get them there. Tell your story. Next, add value to somebody else. Add value to somebody else. Pastor Justin and I both listen to the same guy uh, on podcasts. And he has a phrase called jab, 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 right hook. And it's his, the right hook is his way of asking someone for something. And jabbing is his way of giving something to somebody. And what he's communicating is, for many of us, we got to learn to add value to people's lives before we ask them for something. So don't walk into work tomorrow and be like, hey, man, you want to go to church with me Sunday? Hey, that's not going to work. What I would encourage you to do is walk into work tomorrow and say, hey, man, you got any lunch plans? I just want to take you to lunch. I'm buying. I just want to hang out with you a little bit. Like, Pastor Brad, I don't even like that dude. I didn't say you got to like him. I just said, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> go take him to lunch, man. Walk in tomorrow. This is something you can do, and it's easy. Walk into work tomorrow. Go up to that person. God will put him in front of you. He'll show you who it is. Some of you are thinking of a co-worker right now. You know God's been telling you to talk to him. You ain't figured out how. Go up to them tomorrow and say, hey, man, what's your spouse's name? What's your wife's name? What's your husband? Whatever. Trisha. All right, man. I just want you to know that for all of this week, every single morning, I'm going to pray for you and your wife, Trisha. Before I ask God for anything else, I'm praying for you because I believe God believes in you and he wants to do something great in your life. I'm about y'all. That would mean something to me. See, I didn't, I didn't preach through Romans 8. I didn't break down eschatological viewpoints on the soteriological. I didn't do all that. I just said, "Hey man, I want you to know I'm praying for you." You can do that. And then when the time comes, then get ready to take a next step. What does those look like? Let's give you those real quick. Number 1, the next one, I mean, bring them to your small group which means you gotta be in a small group to bring them to it. Hey, come on, there you go. So so bring them to your small group. Because they may not come to church with you, but if you say, hey man, a bunch of me and my guys, uh, we're gonna get together, order some pizzas, and we wanna watch a movie. You wanna come? Yeah. Come on out, it's gonna be a good time. Next, invite them to a service. Invite them to a service. Listen. I can't tell you what's going to happen on any given Sunday here at TC. I can't tell you everything's going to happen, but I can tell you a couple things that'll happen. Your friends will hear about the hope that comes from Jesus. Because we're always going to have church services where people can connect the dots to say, man, I don't know what's missing from my life, or I don't know everything I need, but I know I need that. How about you guys, even during worship, I love looking at our team because they're just like, they love what they do. It's like, man, I don't know what I need in my life, but I need some of that. So invite them to a service. You can even tell them, listen, I don't even know if the pastor's going to be that good that Sunday. Okay. But like, he's going to talk about Krispy Kreme donuts at some point and he wears nice shoes. So there you go. And now all 'all y'all looking at my shoes. Okay. So it's a joke. If y'all knew, it's a joke. There's a joke goes around about my shoes. But anyway, so like whatever, whatever, like invite them to a service so we can talk to them about Jesus. And then last but not least, save them a seat right next to you. Save them a seat. Don't invite somebody to the 11 o'clock service and show up at the nine, y'all. No, let them know. Hey, I'm saving a seat right next to me. I want you to come. It's going to be right there. You might even avoid that person you don't like that much so that you make sure it's a good... No, I'm just kidding. Don't I'm just I'm totally kidding. But here comes that person that talks too much. Let's move seats. Let's move seats. We got to move seats. I'm just kidding. We don't have that at TC. Don't laugh. That wasn't funny. So I'm just kidding. No, but save him a seat right next to you, man. And here's, here's what here's what I want you to do as we wrap this up, we're closing. When we get to that moment in the service where we're about to pray and we tell everyone to close your eyes, I'm giving you right now, I'm giving you permission to peek. And when we go, hey, listen, we want to, our heads and we give people the opportunity to meet Jesus for the very first time, And whether it's on their first trip or their fourth trip or their 15th trip, but God starts to do something in their heart and they respond to that call and that hand goes up, I want you peeking. And I'm telling you that feeling you get right then, where you know God used you to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish through you. There's no greater feeling in the world than to know that somebody's eternity went from hell to heaven and God used you to accomplish it. Let's step into the pathway of impact and watch God do something amazing through our lives. You guys with me today? All right, let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're moving through us and God, you're you're speaking into us, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're calling us. And so God, I pray that you just empower and speak life into every single person, God to accomplish the, the thing you're setting out to accomplish through them, God. And through all of us, we thank you for it. With everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed in this place, maybe God is speaking to you right now. And you're saying, man, pastor, I, I, want, I want my life to be an impact. I want it to matter. And I've been running from God for a while, or this is the first time I've ever stepped into church, but what I do know is my life isn't right with him and I need some things to change. And if that's you, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I do wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna call you down. You can stay right where you're at. No one's even gonna know. But you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I know something's gotta change and I can feel, it's like God is speaking to my heart right now. He wants to know me and I wanna know him. Today I'm ready to say yes. I wanna know him. If that's you right now, Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up all across this room. I'm saying yes to Jesus right now, Pastor. I'm ready to give him my life. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I don't want to point you out. We want to pray for you. Is there anyone else saying, that's me, Pastor. I want God to transform my heart, and I'm ready to say yes that I'm ready to follow him. God bless you. Amen. Once you put up, you can put it down. Maybe you're watching us online. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. I need something to change in my life. And I'm ready for God to do something different. I'm ready to give him my everything. If that's you, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Putting your faith in Jesus, that alone makes you saved. But as we believe in him, we wanna confess with our mouth, the Bible says. And so we wanna put words to the actions of what's happening in our heart. And so we're gonna pray this prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying it by yourself. And even if you're watching us online, you say, that's me, Pastor, I wanna give Jesus my life. You can pray it with us right where you're at. So church, let's pray it with our brothers and sisters that just raised their hand. Say this with me, say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross, and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. I'm saying yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. That's the very first time. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.